Hello, everyone. Greetings and welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor, Garrett Wong, who in 1998 played Troy Tashima in the film 100%. Myself, your favorite helmsman, Robert Duncan McNeil. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast and lots more bonus material by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Well, hello there, sir. Hello. If you recall from the last episode we did of the Delta Flyers. Yes. You did the intro then as well. And you gave yourself. You said me, Robert Dun- Robert Duncan McNeil, Robert Dunk, Robert Robbie Dean. Robbie, yeah, so Robbie let's just Dardian. let's just go through everything that you've been called because I asked about that last. I said let's go through every iteration of your nicknames throughout your life. So as a kid, were you yes. ever Robert from your parents? Only ever? if I was in trouble, I was Robert. Okay. Otherwise, uh, it was otherwise Robbie I was Robbie. Okay. When I first started acting professionally, I briefly was Duncan McNeil. Just that's right. Duncan. People called me Duncan. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was Dunkin' Donuts as a kid. Were you ever Rob? I'm Rob sometimes still, but really? not often. Who calls yeah. you Rob? People uh, that mean... don't know me very well. And sometimes <laughs> I'll introduce myself like to strangers. Like yeah. if I'm at Starbucks and they say, what name do you want? I'll just You'll say, say Rob. Rob. Because it's easy. It's they don't fast. If I, yeah, yeah, Rob. Okay. Rob. Easy for them to write. I get my coffee quicker. It's great. Okay. Ethan Phillips calls me Robbie D., Robbie D. Robbie D. I get that a lot. RDM. I'll get a lot. McDunk. I'll get from my friend, Steve Caffrey. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone that just says McNeil to you? Yeah. You besides me, other than me. Mm, Some people say McNeil. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. Let's get back to Troy Tashima. Yeah, let's get back. This Um, was in the middle of our show, right? It was, it was, it was. Yeah, this was an independent film from um, a director who I'd worked with when he was filming his USC graduate thesis film. Yeah. It was a it was a project called Angry Cafe, and I got cast as the lead for that. It was a short film, right? And right. Um, yeah, so basically, Eric Koyanagi, the writer director of Angry Cafe, the USC short film that I did, yeah. he went on to do this feature length film called Hundred Percent, and he pretty much brought everyone. From oh, the crew that he yeah that's that he did great. Angry Cafe with, so all his fellow classmates from the USC School of uh, Film and Television, to work on Hundred uh, Percent, and I played the role of Troy Tashima. It's a story of three friends who are living in Los Angeles, three Asian American friends, in different walks of life, and mm-hmm. it was myself, Dustin Wynn from Twenty One mm-hmm. Jump Street, another well-known Asian American actor, right, and also one of the Bosco brothers. Actually, I think two of them worked on Hundred Percent. But my character, there's a monologue in there where he trashes on Sulu from the original right. series, saying right. like he never got the woman, he never got the gal, he did this that, you know, he was sort of just a, a, a secondary character, this and that. Right. And I actually refused to say that because I was filming Voyager at the time. I was like, look, guys. I'm not going to trash Star Trek while I'm working on Star Trek. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, but that's what makes this line hilarious. And 
silly me, I stuck to my guns. And in hindsight, if I had to do it all again, I would say, heck yeah, let me bag into have it. Have fun with yeah, it. Have yeah, have fun with it. Exactly. It's- the fans would have, would have loved that. And I want to thank you. You and a couple other Voyager members showed up to the screening of 100%. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. it was at the DGA, I think, is where they yep. had it. So yep. um, thank you for showing up for that. But it was a fun film. But that can be found. I think I think that's available online somewhere. I bet it is. 100% the film. Yeah, I bet you yeah. can find it on Amazon or Apple mm-hmm. TV or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And this week's episode is Lineage. Lineage. All right. Super excited about this episode. Let's go go watch it and we'll come back and we will recap and uh, give you our thoughts on Lineage. Sounds good. For our Patreon patrons, stick around for your bonus material. Well, 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 looky who we have as our guest uh, for the recap, for the entire recap. You said looky. You said looky. No, it's good. It's looky. Looky who we have. Well, let's welcome our wonderful colleague from Star Trek Voyager, Roxanne Dawson. Thank you, Roxanne. Hey, guys. Hey, Rox. Y'all looking good. Oh, you know, you looking good. Yes, you're looking good. You, You look better than both of us combined, so. All right, let's start right off with this beginning of this episode. Let's jump right into it and let us do our poetry synopsis. Yes. Okay, so here is my haiku for lineage, which will be followed by Robbie's limerick for lineage. Limerick for lineage, I like that. All right, here we go. My haiku for lineage. Yes, can't wait. Pregnant Balana, the past returns to haunt her. Proton saves ridges <laughs> get Proton? it you're oh. captain proton oh, you save the oh, ridges oh. saves ridges oh, yes the ridges on you know your baby girl there you proton go proton saves ridges yeah it sounds proton like a catchphrase ridges. from a commercial proton saves ridges it does but for a potato chip commercial yes, not exactly. for you know Something okay. like that. not go the the ruffles route yeah, ruffles. it's like ruffles have ridges it's sort of the proton yeah. saves ruffles is what i should have said yeah that gummit okay all right let's hear Lim- your, let's limerick, your limerick time limerick i time. love your limerick let's go here we go yeah i gotta loosen up okay. yeah loosen up man okay balana and tom get a family upgrade a new baby but balana's a bit afraid as a child traumatized she wants some dna revised then she learns all perfect, just the way we're made. Wow, look at that. There's your limerick. Yeah. Limerick synopses. What do you think of that, Ro- Roxanne? Roxanne? Look at that. You like that limerick? You like the haiku? I, I am so impressed with both of these. I can't even tell you. All right, so let's go through these guest stars that we have on this show. Juan Garcia, who played John Torres, father of Belana Torres in the flashback scenes. And his first credit that I could find was the 1989 film, The Banker. We also have a uh, really talented young actress playing young Balana. That's uh, Jessica, Jessica Gauna, I think. I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. Roxanne, Uh can you help me on that? G-A-O-N-A. Do you remember how she pronounced I don't. G A O N A. Yeah, G A O N A is the oh, last yeah. it name. It sounds right. Yeah. Gauna. 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 Okay. Gauna. Playing young Balana. Very first credit mm-hmm. was an episode of ER in 1994. Oh wow! ER, is she yeah. still acting? Did you find? Uh no, I don't yeah. think she is. Yeah, but I felt she did a great job. So she was I, great. Did yeah. you meet her, Roxanne? Did you, did you yeah. ever meet her? 
I don't think I did. I wouldn't um, think so. Cause yeah, yeah. I, I, in fact, I think I, the first time that I saw any of those scenes was when the show aired. Okay. I, How funny. It yeah. wasn't there when it was all shots. So. Mm -hmm. Well, let me continue with our, our stars. Okay. Javier Grajeda. Javier Grajeda played Carl. Mm -hmm. And very first credit for Javier would be a feature film called One from the Heart from 1981. So that that's wow. a while one, back. Javier. One yes, from the Javier's... Heart was a kind of a big flop, is what that was. But oh, you were wasn't one from <laughs> the heart that, that? <laughs> wasn't it the uh, the musical in Vegas or something? Oh my goodness! It was like Francis Ford Coppola. Was that one from the heart? Uh, I think no. that was the movie. Is it? Are you sure? Maybe I don't know. I feel like one from the heart was that okay. big Francis Ford Coppola musical that was Which a flopped. It's legendary oh. if I'm thinking oh, of gosh. the right movie. Okay. Okay. He was a All part right. of that. Yes. Lucky Next, guy. Yeah. Lucky guy. Paul Robert Langdon, who played yes. the very mean little Dean. Dean, the little but bully then he, cousin. But then he apologized. He does, he does apologize, but just you know, being a kid. I mean, you don't stick worms on your cousin's sandwiches. That's just rude. That is just unless your rude. cousin is a bird, and then giving them a worm sandwich then, is a really nice thing. Yes, it's all context, isn't it? I mean, yes. you have to look at it that way. Okay, very first credit: a 1995 film called My Family. Oh, My Family, okay. which I think is a Francis Ford Coppola film what? if i'm not mistaken Everybody yeah started which their is crazy as one from the heart really well oh not God. one from the heart but my family another film called my I, so that's why i was wondering if robbie was confusing that for one from the heart but if one from the heart is his i had just looked it up and you were right robbie and it's just uh it was, was it? uh yeah. It was Francis it was Ford Coppola's cool. musical that was a big flop. Oh, my I, gosh. I wish then, I was in that movie. Okay. Well, this is crazy because Dean and Carl, the actors that played Carl and Dean, are both, their first credits were both Francis Ford Coppola films, which is insane. Wow. The budget from One from the Heart yes. was $26 million and its gross was 637000 <laughs> Exactly. This it is was, in 1981. It was a $26 million film in 81. Which, 81. by the way, in 81, $26 million film what was like a $300 million, million film, dollar film right now. Exactly. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> $26 million in 81. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Moving yes. on. Nicole Sarah Fellows, who played yes. Cousin Elizabeth. Cousin Elizabeth. I found the first credit to be kind of a tie alien resurrection in 1997 and mad wow. city in 1997 so i wow. think we have a feature film and a television credit and finally rounding out our guest stars we have gilbert r leal gilbert r leal played yes. michael the other cousin 1994 touched by an angel very first oh, yeah we I, all know that show we all do okay you want to talk about a writer? I want to talk and, about and, writer and director. James Did Kahn. we guess those right? Anything? No, we, we guessed everything wrong. Yeah. Everything wrong. We we guessed before we went and watched it, Roxanne. We we guessed mm -hmm. it who wrote and directed. Totally yeah. wrong. Totally wrong. Um, James Kahn wrote the script. Right. Not, James, not the actor. Not James the actor. K-A-H-N. Like exactly. Madeline Kahn spelling. James Kahn. I mm. don't really remember James. He was a producer on our show the last season. But I think James had come and gone as a freelancer, and I don't know how he was connected. But our last season, James Kahn was actually a supervising producer. So, well, Roxanne, do you remember talking to him for this with I this don't. episode about this episode? No, okay, no, and I feel like I would have. That's so strange. I know, I yeah, I which know is he was around, and I was talking to somebody else about it because there's no way. Yeah, 
that I wouldn't have yeah, no, you would have. Yes. Knowing Roxanne Dawson, every <laughs> single her, avenue yeah. would have been explored <laughs> and nothing would have been unearthed by Roxanne Dawson. <laughs> so yes, I really do feel like you did speak with James Kahn, but you don't you probably just don't recall that meeting and because this is such a heavy character piece. This yeah. really is yeah, this character. Yeah. I mean it's you must yeah. have had that conversation. How Roxanne did such detailed and thorough homework. We would come on set and I would see my script open with like a maybe a word written here or there. <laughs> and then I'd see Roxanne's script open and it had post-it notes and charts and they, graphs and like PowerPoint presentation. I mean, literally it was covered in a thoughts and you would journal in these in these scripts and you would really work out a lot of detail that I still think about the kind of detail you did. And I mean that like very respectfully, I, no I, one else on our show did no. that kind of detail. I think this is a side business for you, Roxanne. I think you can start a business teaching people how to direct and be thorough as a director. And it should you, be called No Stone Unturned yeah. by Roxanne Dawson. And you just show these people everything well, that you do. I'll tell you now as a director, when an actor walks onto the set, with their scriptation and a million notes and all of this stuff. That's yeah. when I start to worry. <laughs> <laughs> right? I go, what are you? I'm not going to uh -oh. be able to bowl you, Matt. <laughs> no, you've got a lot of thoughts. You figured it out. Oh, a lot of thoughts. Just add a half hour to this rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That should be part of your uh, audition process, Roxanne. The question should be, does this actor take a lot of notes beforehand? and mm -hmm. prepare? Because we don't want that. We want to have, we want moldable actors on this project. Okay. Okay. Right. Director. Director was Peter Lauritsen, our, oh our supervising producer, right? Our post-producer. So, post-producer. So, yeah. Is this his first one? Yes. No, first one for, for Voyager. Us. For us. For us. Yeah. 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 It was, which was, yeah, I do remember that. What do you remember from uh, Peter directing you? Yeah. Well, I, th I feel like we both talked about it and knew that we had a really good episode. You know, mm -hmm. I, I I felt it was super well written, and we. Yeah. Were able, but I know he was a bit nervous and excited, and you know, yes. and also I think he did a great job, and I felt like we communicated well. So, um, yeah, bravo to him. I think he he did a great job. On I this. think he did a really great I, job. Robbie, do you even remember him directing? Because I don't. I honestly don't. I, like the main I, thing I, I remember is yeah. you know how the names on the on the buttons. There would be like Rick Berman oh. would be would be re Burr, like R I R I B E R, the first yes. two letters of the first name and the first three letters. Of the, and so the button that I pushed all the time at operations was Pilau, Peter Lauritsen, P E L A U. I pushed that button more than I pushed any other button. That's so that so is how funny. I know Peter Lauritsen. He's a button to me. Okay? I do remember so, Peter, the P E L A U. The yeah, P E L A U. Do you remember yes, that, looks, Roxanne? I do. Oh, I remember yeah. all those buttons. Because oh it looks, yeah. it looks Hawaiian the way it looks. It's like yeah, the luau almost, right? So yeah, <laughs> I would funny. push the luau button every time. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Peter Peter Lauritsen was our post-production supervisor. As his full-time job, he was in charge of the editors, the sound mix, the mm -hmm. color correction, the looping. ADR people, looping. ADR everything. people. Yes. He supervised all of those people in post-production visual effects. He mm -hmm. was in charge of making sure those got through the process. Yeah. So he knew the show really, really well. But yeah, it was his first time directing. And this is a big episode for the first time. Oh, my God. Huge. Yeah. Let's jump into our story. Go, Robbie. Okay. So first thing happens, we see uh, Voyager flying through space, mm -hmm. still in the Delta Quadrant. Yes. Um, 
we go to a corridor and there's Tom and Bellana. That's you and me, Rox. We're yeah. walking yeah. down walking down the hall. We were young, weren't we? We were so young. So one of the first things that occurred to me was, oh my God, how young we are. We were babies. Anyway. Okay, yeah. go, go. Yeah. I know. We were, but Bellana is unusually cheery. She's super. She's chipper. Super happy. Tom yes. even says you're in such a good mood. She yeah. says another beautiful day in the Delta Quadrant. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed in that first hallway scene, there was a background person behind us. Yes. And that person, I was like, she, she did a really good reaction. I'm trying to remember her name. I couldn't at first. I think it was Aaron. Was but it the blonde was, lady? I Sort oh, of. Okay. She would have a bun or something. Yeah, yeah. She but, reacted well. But as Bolana says, oh, another beautiful day in the Delta Quadrant, that background person turned like they had never heard Bolana say a positive word. And it was really well done. Like, a lot of times our background just didn't react to anything. You know, the background yeah. would just be yeah. very stiff and stoic. And I, that was something I noticed in that scene. I was like, good for her. Who is like, your, who was your really... first AD? Who was the first AD on this episode? Do we oh, remember? Who knows? Cause then that's, that's the person that directs the background. Yeah. Isn't that person doing that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It would have been them, but I, I, anyway, it was just a little detail. We, then, I thought, you know, you and I, we were fine in the scene. We were good. But uh, the thing that jumped at me was the background person was actually acting, like responding. I loved it. Well, what jumped out to me is you guys don't typically have that much PDA going on, but you smooch right there in the hallways, Ooh. which is kind of different for me, I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Roxanne, any thoughts on that? Yeah. No, it was definitely different. There was a lot of PDA. It's funny. Act, uh, fans ask me all the time, like, how is that? It must be weird, you know, kissing another person. Your, your TV wife. Your, yeah. You're not really in a relationship with i think you and i were very comfortable with any of that stuff only my kids find it weird now when they watch it they go mom you just kissed that guy <laughs> that's not Eric. That about, they, they're very funny when they watch stuff like that it's that's very... <laughs> funny it's funny because I, I i don't know maybe because i started like in the theater when i was a teenager doing musicals where you had to kiss somebody or something I, it just never felt like romantic or anything. I was never yeah never felt to me as an actor like oh there's something real happening here yeah no no offense Roxanne but you know what I mean like <laughs> do you know like yeah, it felt very no, comfortable and well yeah. yeah I think I my first kiss when I was like I don't even want to say how young I was was like in a scene I remember I had to like yeah. kiss what? a guy in a scene I'm going I haven't really even kissed yet. I was like, so I kind of what? began on the stage. <laughs> yes, it was so weird. Your first wow. kiss ever, Roxanne, was on camera? Is that correct? No, no, I was no. Doing, oh, I was God. on the stage doing a scene for a class. When for I was a class. Like, but that yeah, was your first was really kiss in, in an acting class? And, well, in school, when we were like doing- Like theater, like, like the, the drama. Like theater, drama class, you know? Okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Your first kiss was in a, a, that's, how perfect is that? That's I know. Amazing. You guys even, well, would you, I think your kiss looked very natural and it looked good. I and do I too. Think that I you think... guys are both good kissers. I'm I'm assuming you both remember that I you think... both kissed well. Yes. Well, we've been through so much already. I mean, even just personally, that, I mean, I was already given birth, right? We were both yeah. parents yeah. all the time. And we started this whole thing out, not knowing what it was like to be parents. And I think here we're doing an episode about becoming a parent. It was kind of like a, 
you know, wink, wink, like we just both went through that, you know, yeah. it's, yep. it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> we know exactly, you know, where we should well, be at that. <laughs> yes, that's true. I don't want to forget to mention this, but at the end of watching this episode, Roxanne, I, it really resonated for me that yeah. the writers had written this sort of the conflict, the struggle that this couple had, Tom and Bolana had over some of these issues of parenting and mm-hmm. all that. A lot of these scenes echoed in my real life. Like, I'm like, oh, wow. I wonder if the writers were picking up vibes from me or yeah. or you. Like, yeah. I feel like how much did they write these characters based on us as real people that they were sort of absorbing or I don't know. I just, it felt very uh, familiar, so- some of the issues. Yeah. 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 I was actually super impressed with us. <laughs> yeah. We were not bad. I was like, like damn we're good we were we were pretty good actors (laughs) i feel like i yelled at you too much let's move it into engineering okay this is really interesting because roxanne comes in there and she grabs this pad you know and uh she says thank you nice job ensign then she looks at someone else is like hey you keep the warp field that stable and you might just get us home a few years early this to me was like a like a 50s sitcom it was like hi (laughs) hey you know and then roxanne she was on happy pills She was, she was, and she sort of dances from station to station. It was, she twirls like a ballerina. It was wonderful. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Roxanne, do you like that scene? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. high and low. You get There's it. Like- the high, yes. The mood swings are about to hit. Yes. Yeah. All right. So next we go to the up, upstairs, which- The second I, level. The second yeah. level in engineering, which we didn't shoot in often. It was a bit no. challenging to get the- cameras and things up there it was yes it always slowed us down so whenever i saw a scene in the second level upstairs i was like oh great it's gonna take twice as long yeah this is gonna be a long setup yeah but but it was nice uh we go upstairs each and seven are there they're working can we start a fund to like buy each of another outfit it's the same he's worn the same outfit for like two years now for two years he doesn't have any other clothing okay yeah but they're working upstairs and balana arrives and suddenly her mood swings from the happiest uh uh (laughs) starfleeter on the ship to she's pretty pissed off didn't give each permission to work there uh seven says well i'm just helping him study uh warp mechanics yeah just snarky she's snarky she's not happy and Mm. gets kind of faint as she comes down the steps up there she kind Mm -hmm. of falls into seven um tries to walk but she's a little dizzy each scans her he says uh he's picking up another detecting another life sign another life sign he thinks it could be a parasite parasite (laughs) it's inside of her he doesn't understand no she's being invaded by some (laughs) alien life form Seven looks at the scan. She's like, uh, I know what this is. <laughs> yeah. Calls the doctor. Bolana's like, what is it? What is this yeah. alien? Seven says, uh, I think you may be pregnant. Yes. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Huge. I had forgotten this episode was about that. Roxanne, we don't look at this ahead of time. We don't. Uh, when we first come in, we, we do our intro. We are completely cold. We, we do no an time. intro where we try to remember what, which we've done already. We try yeah. to remember uh-huh. what this episode was. I had no idea. Right. All right. We're in sick bay. The doctor is examining Torres. And yes. I guess that fetus is already seven weeks old, but everything's, you know, everything's good. Paris is concerned. Why did yes. she faint? 
doctor says, well, you know, Klingon human metabolism, sometimes they just, you know, they don't mesh. That's it. That's pretty much it. So the doctor keeps going through a briefing, Torres and Paris, uh, about this upcoming pregnancy. I love the moment where the doctor, where Bob says, well, you were planning to have a baby, right? And both of us look at each other. Yes, of course. I, <laughs> Which we meant, were. no, we weren't. No, we actually... Roxanne, because she did all her homework with all those yeah. extensive notes, Roxanne's yes. performance was believable. I heard, <laughs> you know, she covered. She's like, oh, yeah, of course. Robbie's Tom, perf my Tom performance, performance was so obviously lying. Well, clearly in that scene, <laughs> the only note you had on that paper was bagel, something like bagel. And then yeah, you, you get some bagels yeah. on the way yeah, home. Bagels, that was my note to myself. Get bagels for family. That's the only note you had. Okay. Yes. Yeah, good job though, Roxanne, in this scene. Great job. I love that in this whole episode, Roxanne, your work with Bob also was really, really good. I think the was. Yeah. did some great work. Do you have any memories of this episode with Bob? No, I, I do actually, but I had forgotten that we made him the god the godfather at the end. I yeah. I wow. Know. That and was huge. I went like Oh my God, that's like so cool. Very touching scene too. My goodness. Yeah, yeah it was really great. It, we also talked about right, in this. We need to jump to the end there. No, but, no. Yeah. We, that's all right. That's, that's we right. jump all around. That's all right. And we're end. done. We're done with the recap. Thank you, Roxanne. <laughs> we love you. We missed a couple things. We did also talk in the scene about uh, the doctor could tell us the sex of the baby at this point. One thing I noticed was Tom was like, yeah, yeah, let's tell us. He didn't ask. Alana doesn't want to wife. No, she doesn't want to know. She doesn't want to know. I yeah. can't imagine a husband just saying, yeah, tell us, without going Without honey. consulting the wife, yes. He didn't consult that, her at all. That's dangerous territory. I apologize. That was go. very rude of me, Roxanne, to, <laughs> yeah. to without consulting you. You were in the moment, and yes. you kind of assumed that I'd be, I was like right there with you. Yeah, but that was a, that was a little moment. I thought, oh, you could see the, the, the crack in this relationship forming already. <laughs> Beginning is, yeah. And why did I yell at you so much in this episode? I felt like I will get there, no, but, but I it's, feel like it's I justified. It's the no. I don't oh. think it was the tone was right, Robbie. Trust me. I should have critical. been. You're too critical. Let's keep moving. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Back in the <laughs> corridor, another walk and talk. Yeah. There's a lot of walk and talks with you too. There <laughs> are a lot of walk and talks. Oh my gosh. It's a lot unbelievable. Of yeah. We're talking. Uh, uh, Paris wants to to maybe go to the holodeck for some child rearing programs. Mm -hmm. He wants to replicate an antique crib. I had a line where I said, uh, you know, oh, maybe we, we can it's replicate an antique an crib. I well, thought it was an antique crib, like a n t i dash crib. That's what I wrote down too. I'm like an antique crib. What's anti -crib? an antique <laughs> Because antique has a k sound at the end, and crib, and, and I just didn't. I didn't enunciate. Like you didn't do the, well. Oh, you ran it right crib. into it. You went anti crib like that. It sounded like anti crib. I can't believe sure you, did. you had the same thought. I had to rewind I did. it. I did. Yes. I don't know okay. what an anti crib is. It doesn't sound very parent friendly. Yeah. Sounds like I don't want this kid. Anti crib for an anti kid. Yes. Anyway. But you guys hug and you laugh at the end of this. There's so much hugging and love in this episode between you two, which was nice to see too. Oh, I yes. Felt. Smiles, hugs. Yeah. I wrote that down too. Yeah. Okay, so next we're in the mess hall. Tom walks into the mess hall. There's Neelix with everyone clapping. The word is out that they're having a baby. Tom's confused. Uh, Neelix says Icheb has leaked the, the information. Yeah. And then Neelix grabs a drink to toast, and it's like some blue liquid. 
I was looking at the scene going, what the heck were we drinking? It was probably just water with like blue food coloring in it or something. That's not Paris Delight? It was not. Did you Paris guys have Delight. a Paris Delight drink before? No. Okay. No, I don't remember that. Was there a Paris Delight? I thought there was. No, yeah. I don't think that was Paris Delight. All right. I also yeah. noticed in the scene, everybody applauds like a big deal. And then yeah. as Neelix and I walk over, no one, everybody turns their back to me. Like you're having this conversation and everybody turns away and goes back to whatever they're doing. I mean, it was just like, hey, great. And then did you notice that? I mean, everybody's like, so like everyone back. just ignores, ignores Tom after that. They're like, yeah, forget it. Like I think people turn. would come up and like pat you on the back or, there was you know, no patting. No, was it was like, we did our obligatory applause and now we're yeah. back to our snacks. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> Yeah. Snacks are important. That's the message here. Snacks are important. Yes. Okay. Uh, Neelix does say that it's great news is learning that he's going to be the godfather because he has experience with Naomi. And Tom says, basically in the scene, he says, uh, yeah, there's nobody who's more qualified than you to be the godfather. So we're sort of setting up this expectation that Neelix is great with kids because of Naomi. He's going to be the godfather. But Tom, you forgot to consult your wife again on who to become. Oh my gosh. Another faux pas. Oh, so many mm. bad husband choices mm. here. How okay. many lessons learned in this episode? There's like, a lot. For all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> we go to engineering next. There's yeah. Bolana. Chakotay steps over to Bolana. He asks about have you checked for warp core radiation leaks today? Mm -hmm. And Bolana's like, no, why? And and Chicote says, because you have a certain glow about you. This is Star Trek humor. <laughs> Such a cheesy. So cheesy. Yeah, there's some pretty cheesy. cheese cheeseball comedy. <laughs> and then where does Janeway show up? She just, just materializes. Does she go site to site transport? She just shows up. She's like, I just heard. Congratulations. Yeah, she just pops around the corner. Just pops around. Hello, here's my head. I just heard. Congratulations. <laughs> It was fun. It's a little creepy. It was very creepy. She came from nowhere. It's like she came out of the bulkhead. She's like, hello, I just heard. So anyway. That's a good imitation. Thank you. It was a little creepy. She's, I've she's... missed your imitations. Oh, my yes. goodness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she hugs Bolana. She heard Bolana yeah. was dizzy, wants to know if she's okay. Yeah. If she needs some time off, she should take it. And Bolana says, no, she wants no. everything she just doesn't want to time stay yeah. as usual and keep working. She's fine. Yeah. One thing I, I will say, Roxanne, every time you and Robert Beltran have a scene, I always comment, Chakotay's really flirty with Bolana. I, and I felt see... it in this episode too. I'm like, dude, no, dude. She's having really? a baby. She's married. Like, no. stop being no. all suave and hey, <laughs> Bolana. Look. No, Chakotay knew Balana before <laughs> you even set eyes on her. Of they course. were really good friends. Like this. Yeah. Okay. That's a so, little flirty. Whatever, jealous boy. Help. No, you're so Kenna jealous. Beltran. Oh my God. She already kissed you in public in the corridor. But Just Beltran cannot help playing a scene with yeah. Roxanne without a little extra. You said it's flirty. I say it's friendship. I mean, there's Roxanne, no. Roxanne, tiebreaker. What, what Roxanne, do you think? You think Chakotay is flirty with you? Well, it was a, a kind of flirtation that was part of the relationship since we knew each other for such a long period of time. Okay, okay. It's not out of the norm. Okay, that's all. Let's move on. In the corridor, Harry Kim is congratulating Tom Paris. Yes, he is. 
I like that scene with you and I. I thought it was, it was funny. I thought it went well, it flowed. And then at the very end, I love how I go, time to let reality sink in before your life spins out of control. And I make this goofy ass face and I you walk do off make camera. It, I've never you left done that out, before. You left out something very important, Garrett. You make the goofy face, you walk off, but you hit me on the chest, which oh. is what I used to do to you in real life. That's why I made time. that goofy face. Because Robbie, Roxanne, Robbie used to, we'd be, we would be standing by craft service and I wouldn't say anything. Robbie would walk up to me and smack me really hard on the chest, knock me back like hey, a big buddy. brother would do. Hey, buddy. And it would hurt. I would be like, ow. And so I got to get him back in the scene. And that's why I made that funny face. I went. It's it's the first thing I noticed at the end of the scene. I'm like, oh, my God, he stole my bit, my my bit from real life in real life. I put on camera. Yes, Yes. that's what I did to get you back. Okay, nice scene. That's my favorite scene of all. Okay, now we're in the uh, Jeffrey's tube. Yeah, at first I was like, where is this? I couldn't figure out where Tuvok was working on some panel. Yeah, Um, but then I realized it's that that's what that that little room off engineering. Oh, it's right. like the that little said, Oh, remember that little remember that closet? Just, it, no, but it's so funny because just just the other day somebody made a joke when I was like on a, a different set and they went, oh, "This must be like a Jeffrey's tube." And I went, "God, what is that again?" I was like, that, you know, "I was like, I was just trying to go." It's that <laughs> claustrophobic little little corridor. <laughs> oh, I know, which makes sense now. Yeah. Um, but it's like I'm going, God, "What was that again?" <laughs> it's something I okay. remember. Roxanne, when you see that person that said that, when you yeah. see them next, just go <laughs> and then walk and away. Just, just, yeah, yeah. yeah, delayed reaction, <laughs> laughter. Okay. Here we go. Anyway, Tuvok's working. Tom walks in. Basically, it's a scene about Tom needs some advice. And he asks From the uh, only father he knows, which is Tuvok. Yes. Right? I love yes. that he didn't know. I love that he didn't hadn't heard yet. I know. I that yes. Hilarious. That was brilliant. The person you go to for advice <laughs> doesn't know anything. What are you talking about? Tom talks about this is a big responsibility. feels like yeah. he's ready for it. And it's funny. I felt like I was kind of talking to myself. Like Tuvok's just standing there. And Tom's like, that's a big responsibility. I mean, I feel pretty ready for it. And it was it's a fun little, it was a fun well, You're bit. talking to the Vulcan. It's like talking to a, you know, yes. a, a, a two by four. It's the same thing. I liked his wisdom. On. The writing is great here. Perfect for the character when Tuvok yeah. says, Offspring can be disturbingly illogical, yet <laughs> profoundly fulfilling. You should anticipate a paradox. That is that that's great much. writing. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel that way in real life about my children. They are completely illogical sometimes. They're mm-hmm. incredibly fulfilling and they're mm-hmm. always a paradox. Paradox. There you go. Yes. Good job, James Kahn. Okay. <laughs> At the end of the scene, Tom basically tells Tuvok, I think I'm going to be volunteering to work with you on a regular basis so i thought that was sweet because tom and tuvok as characters didn't have a ton of crossover and so to feel like tom is is you know warming up to tuvok in a good way i I like the scene okay then we go to what i guess is tom and balana's quarters in this episode i was like yeah yeah, oh, we, yeah, yeah, you're we right. go yes, into yes. this room. He's lighting candles for a romantic dinner. Have you shown? Have we seen Tom and Bolana's joint quarters yet? Until this, is the this first episode, time, I this think. is the very first time. Wow. This is the first time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we had seen you in your quarters. We had seen Tom in his quarters for mm-hmm. sure, but not together. This in is the joint first time quarters. we see after they're married. Yeah, this is the first time in the series that we see their. We we got an upgrade, Roxanne. 
Yeah, you our, got a bigger room. It looks nice in there. I yeah, like our our old set was when they would convert that room over by sick bay. Mm-hmm. They'd they'd flip it to Harry's quarters or whoever. Yeah. But this room is the one that's over by the mess hall side where the captain's quarters are. Two Vox quarters, Chicotes. So you guys and got a bigger room. We yeah. got an upgrade sure. to the to the suite. Yeah. 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 And then and, I just I kick you out. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, as as Torres does. That is, yeah. Torres will do what Torres will do. Continue. What ha- what's happening in the quarters? You well, guys what's are happening? A romantic dinner. Is we're that trying right? to have a romantic dinner. Tom yeah. talks about Neelix has offered to babysit. Talks about him being Godfather. Yeah. Balana says Chakotay should be the Godfather. Well, he's, she says he wants to be. She didn't say he should. Wants she to be. Yeah. Uh, we do learn in this scene that, uh, according to Chell, Bolians believe that if you give birth near a warp core. It will improve the baby's disposition. So I love this kind of wives' tales about yes, sci-fi non-scientific yes. advice that he gave you. Yes, you start to see some annoyances, bickering, yes, bickerings. happening. The beginnings of something is happening here. Yes, I did not like when Tom says to Bellana, "Hey, take it easy." Advice to everyone here listening: Don't tell your partner <laughs> when they start getting passionate yes to say hey take it easy take it easy or hey chill out these are these are words you should never say to your spouse when they're (laughs) in states of anxiety because you are going down the wrong path right there i did like the blocking in this scene there was some movement to it i know you know and then tom Tom comes around kind of giving balana a shoulder massage and camera pushing in a nice two shot yeah it was well well directed and staged you know, sometimes I've said to directors, Roxanne, like, first, do no harm is one of my goals as a director. Like, first, do no harm. Don't get in the way of the story. Then if you can add value with the staging or shots or special, you know, special things, sometimes directors can get in the way of the story. And I feel like Peter stayed out of the way. Let us mm. act it. His shots were s- simple but effective. I thought it was, that was one scene where I was like, oh. That was yeah, I don't remember specifically, but I, I feel like he let us do our thing and then yeah. kind of work that into a, you know a way to block it, but he listened to us. You know, yeah. I think he worked well together and I think that he was responding to that. So I think that yeah. was good. Yeah. So- yeah. This was one of those scenes where I was like, oh, we're I feel like, yeah, I feel like we must have felt some instincts to move around and he was able to work that into his plan in a great way. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, this scene is uh, ended with a hail from the doctor. So the doctor hails both lieutenants Torres and Paris to report to sick bay, which then brings us over to sick bay, yes. and we basically see a holographic extrapolation of the child's spine. And uh, this is ten months after birth, and it is completely curved right there. Yeah. So um, Torres mentions that. She also had surgery for curvature of spine when she was younger, and Paris doesn't know that. So there, yeah. now we have information that Paris has no idea about. So we see some curiosity from Paris, how he doesn't know things like this. But clearly, this is a past that Torres is very, you know, it's yeah, very well, she, tender for her. It's it's yeah. it's, uh, it's a traumatic time for her. So well, she says makes I sense had, that she doesn't say it. Yeah, she says I had I had this surgery, and mm-hmm. Tom goes, "Oh, I didn't know that." She'd never yeah. shared it. Right. And then the doctor says, yes, it's very common in Klingon families, especially in females. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, he almost gives away the sex of the baby. 
Right. Mom's like, wait, is it a girl? Right. And I thought Bob's performance. No, I didn't say that. It was great. He <laughs> was great. Yeah, seeing the doctor sort of busted in this <laughs> slip. Yeah, very funny exchange. He says something like, well, you cannot infer that. I, I, right. Bumbling. It was great. Bolana does ultimately say, no, it's okay. You can tell us. The doctor does confirm it is a girl. We have Bolana and Tom have their their happy hugs. Paris also asks for a projected image of the actual face of the, you know, with yes, not just the, the spine. Baby. He wants to see what the baby, the whole baby looks like. And of course, Torres is uh, taken back by the ridges that are there. Mm -hmm. Not happy about that. Mm -hmm. But what did you guys think of that visual effect right there? That to me looked like an, like a Renaissance painting of like some cherub or some type of angelic little feet, you know, pudgy angel or something. We talked to someone recently who said this was around season six was around the time when CG was becoming affordable enough that we could use okay. computer generated images rather than 2D mm -hmm. images. I guess my point is this was not a CG image. This was a 2D. Like uh, a matte painting? Painting like a, of a yeah. baby that yeah. I, I think it was not great. Let's be honest. It was not. Yeah, it wasn't it didn't look very high tech. That's because Peter was busy um, directing. Directing. <laughs> you put no time into post uh, any any visual effect. Peter was like, whatever. Well, you think I'm, about I'm back though to like when I had my kids, which was like a wrap right around this time. That's right. Um, we saw Emma. It was this black and white. Barely you could barely see the baby in there. Now yeah. people are coming out with these color photos that are almost. You've got a camera down there, you know, it's so bizarre. Yeah. And so I don't know where we should have been in the world of Star Trek at that point in right. time, right. Yeah. but it told the story, I guess. It told the, it told the story, but it was definitely in the early days of computer yeah. generated 3D imagery. It wasn't mm -hmm. quite photorealistic with a, yeah. with a baby. It told the story and Balana is ups, uh, quite upset. You can tell about the ridges and, mm -hmm. and, she says something I think about. Well, it's only uh, the baby's only one quarter Klingon. How how come the ridges are so prominent? Yeah. And the doctor says, well, the Klingon traits remain dominant for several generations. I started thinking, oh, this is going to be a story about. There's going to be some kind of racial component to you know mm. what Balana's decisions are. But this story yeah. to me was much more than that. It was about childhood mm. trauma. It was about mm. about abandonment oh, uh, yeah the, it yeah. was about abandonment it was about science and what's yeah. you know what is ethically you know appropriate for science to do so mm -hmm. it was really uh mm -hmm. this was a really powerful story just yeah in my, in my opinion on so many levels it's not as simple as maybe yeah it might look at first yeah anyway we go into a flashback we see balana's father for the first time we've never right. seen a flashback with balana's father no no Did no you... no we have really we have not i know i don't think did. so okay all right but i love how his line is uh, balana's father says you are so much like your mother and the right before this scene you hear paris saying oh she looks just like her mother looking at that little visual mm -hmm. effect of your future baby so it just <laughs> transitioned very well i felt yes from that to i did campfire. i will say I felt like in these flashbacks in this episode, it needed a stronger visual cue. I felt like a simple, okay. I don't know, it, it, from a directorial critique, I guess I would say. It's like it needed something. It needed 
even if it was just editorial, that there was a flash or something visual because it felt like it just... To cue you into the fact that it's a flashback, you're saying there yeah. should be something a little bit more definitive? In my opinion. Yeah, it could have. It could have been a little bit. It, it felt like they were using a certain filter on it, you know. Yeah, but, I yeah. thought there was a filter on it, right? But it yeah. say a whole bunch. I mean, just in terms of... But there, there were a couple of transitions in there, I think, that yeah. were appropriate and... And stuff, but there was license to like do a little bit more. I mean, yeah. normally I don't say that, but it, you know, sometimes it's too much. But I think there was license to take this a, a one step further. I think one step further, just to sharpen this the yeah. idea that we were going into her yeah. flashback. So I mean, the filter <laughs> was not enough for you, then, Robbie. Like the filter was sort of a dream state filter, as best as they could have used. Right? The filter so, gave it a, a a a veneer of we're not in the same time. Right. But and I guess for me, what I mean is like whose point of view are we in? If we're going into oh, okay. Bolana's mind, yeah, then are we going into her point of view or something that felt a little more uh, a stronger? visual cue I don't yeah know it felt very it's interesting that was a really good point because it felt very objective when in a way it it should have it, it's subjective it's completely yes from her yeah point it's of view. totally subjective was experiencing it, but it was really treated like it was sort of a omniscient a god, objective a god vision yeah like yes yeah. and it, yeah. specifically there's a later flashback where we go in and it, the scene starts with the two fathers sitting there talking outside at the campfire and I was like, wait, whose memory are we in? Like, where, yeah, yeah, where's yeah. Bala? And then eventually Balan is in the tent and you see that she's eavesdropping. Right, right. But I would have started from that point of view, personally. I would have yeah. started from started like, from young Balana Inside right? the tent. The, inside the tent, peeking out at, yeah. That was the, the part of the flashbacks I felt were, yes, objective and subjective are perfectly put. It, it should have been a stronger point of view. In my it should have been subjective, is what yes. we're saying. We come out of the flashback. Yeah, and we Paris come... says, she's perfect, isn't yes. she, in Sick yeah. Bay, right? And now we jump to Torres and Paris's quarters. Yes. And you guys are kind of uh, just recapping the day. Yes. Tom says, six years in the Delta Quadrant, and nothing has scared me as much as hearing our baby had a problem. Which I, I just noted in this scene, like Tom's evolution as a character, I, I really love that he was able to change so much and hearing that kind of vulnerability out of him as a character he was not a vulnerable and open person when he came on the ship so i just noted yeah. that in this scene he was more like Chipotle. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> flirty in every scene <laughs> flirt with anybody <laughs> chakotay flirted with tom <laughs> i mean he, he yeah Chicote um, flirted with everything, including inanimate objects. It yeah, didn't did. Okay. All right. Continue. I, I did notice in this scene when I was, uh, Tom was in bed and kind of turned to Bellana. I didn't have real sideburns on the show. They would put the glue down and lay in the sideburns. Uh -oh. And as I turned, the, the way the light hit the side of my face. Did you see the glue? So much reflection of the glue. Of the glue. Oh, was, man. Uh, it was so much glue reflection in that triangle shape. I was just like, oh, why didn't they put some powder? Who's supposed or to catch that? Makeup is supposed to catch that, right? I guess so. My hair was a wig. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, we know. Oh, yeah. Oh. I saw your wig every morning when I came to the makeup trailer. I'd just be staring at your damn wig. I'd be like, there's her glue, wig. Glue, glue, glue. So yes. I'm very aware of that. <laughs> you had a lot of glue. 
Oh, I had a lot of gluten. But oh, they would hide like that. Your wig you, had lace. Your wig had a little bit of lace around the edge, but they but, were really good at hiding that. This is what I don't get, Roxanne. You you already have good hair. Why do they give you a wig to begin with? Why did you need the wig? You had ridges, and how do you blend in the ridges into the hair? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you need to put some lace. To go in. over that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Pretend I never asked that. Okay, let's no, go. But that's why I cut my hair off because I had really short hair during that period yeah. of time because I was so tired of pin curling my hair up into the wig. So so when you booked the role, was your hair long when you booked Taurus? It was longer. Yeah, it was okay. just like shoulder length. Okay. okay. Did you wear a lot of wigs in your career generally or was this like, this was the biggest? This is not this big. I've, I've worn a couple of wigs on stage, you know? Yeah, for chorus line, you wore a wig? No. No. That was, yeah, no, no. That, I'm that was about, your regular like, hair. Other yeah, stuff, yeah. Okay. Other stuff. I did uh, into the woods for a year on the on the on the road. Yeah, cool. And I, I had to wear this like page boy red wig as Jack and the Beanstalk. So yeah, I would have page to page boy. It was so funny, and I would have to prep my hair. You um, prepped it. No one else. Yeah, correct. The, you did the it. The way that it worked for me, eight yeah. shows a week was I would put the bobby pins and prep it and put the wig cap on, and then I would go we would all go into the wig room to get applied. And they would yeah. fit the wig on me there, but I had wow. to put on the wig cap and stuff in the theater. You do your own makeup. If, if yeah. there's a wig involved, you do the prep work for that. And then they, wow. I they did put not the know wig that. on. Damn. And they also okay. wire the, they, they put the microphones when you're on stage, they put the wire up your back. And so the microphone comes in through the, I never had microphones. We only had, I only had ambient ones. I've never yeah. worked with that. I, wow. Wow. I was yeah. in the I I was doing it <laughs> in the transition, yeah, because uh, I had only done yeah the the ones that are I guess and like then for a mic stage. check to come in when we went yeah. from different places you'd have to be you know making sure everything was being picked up and you know yeah. the people back there are going like all crazy and yeah. yeah yeah so Roxanne you saying that you never wore one of those microphones is this your sort of story of saying that you walked seven miles through the snow to get to school and that you didn't deal with the new technology of in that. the old days. I had to project on my own. <laughs> you had to use your own natural microphone. Your voice is what you had to use. That is okay. a that is a loss in my opinion in the theater is that now because of the technology has gotten so good. Yeah. That actors are able to be on stage and sort of whisper and it's just <laughs> amplified. Without, yeah, they can hear it in the back and of the a house. Shame the because shame. there's something about that projection that yeah. brings out a theater experience to me. And remember a stage whisper where yes. you learn how to, <laughs> to whisper on stage and yeah. they can hear you in the back <laughs> yeah. row. You project the whisper. whisper to the yeah. back nobody, of the house. Yeah. Nobody else has to know. Nobody has to know how to do that anymore as an actor. You no. can just. I've used that phrase as a director with younger actors. I'll be like, do it more like a stage whisper. And they're like, what? What, what? does that mean? <laughs> What's a stage whisper? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you so mean. Explain that. <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. Uh, all right. Back to the script. Robbie. Yes. So they're in bed. Uh, my my sideburn glue is shining yeah, all over the place. That, I, right? I was blinding uh, Balana with my sideburn glue. <laughs> right. Alana seems very conflicted here. Um, so they start to go to bed. We have well, another the, flashback. Yeah. yeah. The kids and the dads are on a camping trip and the kids are going to go on a hike. Lana doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to go. Lana she wants comes... to just go fishing with Uncle Carl and dad. That's she she brings a pole up. She says, dad, I increased the field strength on the tar of the targeting lure. 
That's I was so like Torres. Nerd so alert. Alana. Yeah. She's Science. Nerd alert. She's engineering the fishing poles to try yes. to impress I love that. dad. But that's yeah. that's so Bellana though. Perfect. It's so Bellana. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't want to go with the other cousins because they are really mean to her. They just she just wants to hang out with pops and uncle. Yeah. Reason it. enough, don't you? Yeah. I I agree yeah. one thousand percent. Hang out with the adults who are not going to be mean to you, right? So there's a little moment here where Bellana says, "Dad," and he goes, "Yeah," and she goes, "Never mind," and she goes on the hike anyway. And that was a heartbreaking little, such a little moment. But to me, that moment is like gave you the feels. Things as a kid that they don't say that they stuff inside you know yeah, she's stuffing yeah. this her feelings there mm-hmm. and I, I don't know that little moment was powerful she did well with that she did really well i thought yeah yeah, uh, yeah all around i thought she did a great job and uh, we come out of that flashback seeing balana still deep in thought not asleep yet so clearly not a great memory now we have a ship flying by the ship is shipping itself through space <laughs> and uh Back in the morning, Tom Bologna are up, and I went, I wrote down a toaster? Tom's got a toaster? I know. Just a toaster, though. Why, like, why didn't Tom set up a little mini kitchen, like 50s style? I don't that know. I think that Tom. toaster was a gift from Bologna, because she that knows was a wedding love. gift. It was a wedding gift. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but fine. you could replicate toast. The fact that you were doing it the old-fashioned way is very Tom. I know, very Tom. Yeah. It was cute. Cute little detail. And it seems Um, like you only know how to make one thing for breakfast. Peanut butter. Butter toast. That's it. Peanut butter toast. Yeah. I also noticed that Tom is not concerned about being late. He's like, it'll be fine. He's, you know, whereas Bellana doesn't, they're heading to uh, an appointment and Bellana doesn't want to be late. But Tom's like, yeah, it's no big deal. I related to that very much like me in real life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A little bit like, well... If I'm eh. kind of close to the time, it'll be That's fine. Good enough. Yeah. yeah, it's very much like me. And then Bolana says it's okay. You don't need to come with me. It's a minor procedure. And Tom seems to be fine with that. He's well. Then you're on your own. Um, and he eats his toast, and she heads off to sickbay. Any comments on that last thing for you? No, because I mean, I obviously don't want him to come with me. Correct. Yes. Yeah. You're doing your little. Fun. You're going to be dastardly. I'm aren't doing you? kind of. No, no, no. Stay where you are. It's all fine. Yeah. Let me just. Mm-hmm. And I've oh, got to get there on time, you know, and so it's, I'm manipulating is what yes, I'm Yes, most definitely. We go to sick bay next. Uh, doctor says he's expanded his database to, mm-hmm. in obstetrics and pediatrics. He's added some programs. He, he wants to start with a trans abdominal vocalization, he says. <laughs> um, <laughs> Milana's like, wait, you mean sing to my, my baby? It's like, my yes, fetus. it'll help the mathematical abilities. Oh, God. And she, she's like, yeah, we'll talk about that later. And I love the shot where he kind of leans down with a pad. He says, sure, we can talk about it at our first parenting class. Yeah. And the, yeah. the pad sort of appears in the foreground. Yeah. It was it was a very funny, sharp comedic moment that I thought was well done. But Peter Lortzen kept that uh, focus on Roxanne the entire time, which is great. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. The lights ultimately dim down and the doctor starts this procedure to fix the spine. That's all we think we're doing right now. Yes. Going to fix the spine thing. And we go into another flashback. This is where Bolana's invited to come have lunch. She's off by herself working uh, on a, on a pad. Is, she... Yeah. This is when she goes off with the cousins. Remember, she doesn't want to be mm-hmm. with the cousins, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. doesn't want to be eat. there. Lunchtime. Yeah. Uh, one of the boys, is it Drew? Is that his name? 
No, it's Dean. Dean. Dean because he's mean. Remember that. Uh, Dean is mean. Mean Dean. Yeah, mean Dean. She's a worm. First of all, earthworms don't really hang out on top of. They're inside the dirt, so he should have found the worm sticking out of the dirt. Can I just say one thing? Those kids probably have kids now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, you're right. Those kids probably have kids now. It's, like, really (laughs) weird to, like, think of them as, like, kind of just caught and stuck in time when, in actuality... If they're yeah. all still existing on this earth, yeah, they it's like it's a whole other thing. We keep forgetting how long ago this was. Oh, my oh God. definitely. Yeah. Uh, Those okay. actors are paying taxes right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> they put the worm on the sandwich, which is horrible. Little Bellana does a really good job reacting to it, I thought. It was really good. Ah, I thought she'd yeah. be great. Yeah, especially for it has novice of an actor that this mm-hmm. that the actress that played young Bellana is. Wonderful job. Yeah, great job. Great job. Uh, We come out of that flashback back to sickbay. The doctor's finished. Uh, Spine is perfectly aligned now. And the doctor does say her spine is better than all right if her parents are any any indication. That was Mm -hmm. a really nice comment from the doctor. From the doctor, definitely. Seems like he's always sort of trashing Tom Paris. But in this scene, he's very nice. Yeah, he's often, the doctor can be very sarcastic Mm -hmm. or you know, sharp, and he was very warm, and yeah, it was nice to see. Yeah. Then we go into the holodeck where Bellana sneaks in, <laughs> pulls up Bellana. some computer files, asks mm-hmm. the computer to look at the baby again, that CG baby or whatever it was. <laughs> Scary baby. Scary baby. The, the hollow image comes up. Then she says, what, what will the baby look like at 12 years old? But I love the way you played that, Roxanne, because you don't really have any lines, but you, in that part, when you see the 12 year old extrapolation of your child, but you can, you can tell that you are affected by the past. You play that very well. So you brought that baggage in, in that scene. So kudos to you. Yeah. Especially when you're looking at nothing, like there was no, yeah. we film these scenes that we have to imagine these yeah. visual effects. So we're, we're looking at absolutely nada at this time. Very we well done. Mm-hmm. She says a uh, computer delete the following gene sequences punches in some genes she wants uh, deleted, extrapolate what the child would look like now. Mm-hmm. The image changes to a blonde, a, first a blonder version. Yes. Of, I guess, you know, instead of the dark hair, it's now blonde, but it's still the ridges are there. So she deletes some more sequences. Yep. Says extrapolate that. Now the ridges are gone. Completely. And looks like she found what she's looking for. She says save changes and restrict access to Bellana only. And I wrote, whoa, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, this isn't this is a a tricky medical area ethically we're going into is literally changing the racial makeup of a mm-hmm. of a child of a bias of one being more desirable than another. It was becoming possible then. It's completely possible now. And there are definitely yeah. some some ethical questions to be asked just because you can't do something as a right to do it you know yeah yeah that's really interesting very very interesting question yeah we go back to sick bay and uh the doctor's walking now balana's chasing him with a pad in her hand mm-hmm. come around the corner he's wound up about this he says there's no medical reason for this and she's saying no there is a medical reason these genes create redundant organs for example there mm-hmm. she says these are superfluous and right. uh and the doctor says, no, they're there for a reason. This third lung, this extra lung gives 
Klingon's more stamina on the battlefield. She says, well, uh, my daughter's not going to be a Klingon warrior. I love his response. He says, with all due respect, you have no idea what your daughter's going to be. Yeah, yeah. What if she develops an interest in athletics? Greater lung capacity would be an advantage. So very wise for the doctor to say. Yeah. Mm. Great debate here. Very heated. She argues, well, this could be preventative care because the extra lung might might become diseased. And correct. Um, she says this is like just removing an appendix before it gets inflamed. I mean, her whole mission is she's trying to convince the doctor that this is health concerns. That's yeah. it. Has nothing to do with the fact yeah. that she's going to look Klingon. Just I call concerns. BS. It's not yeah. about health concerns. <laughs> no. And then the doctor says, "Does Tom know about this? Have you talked with, you know, your husband about this?" And she says, "No, he doesn't know about it yet." He says, "Well, I will look at what you're proposing, but you need to talk together about this." And we jump into the Delta Flyer next with the scene with Tom and Bellana. This is where I felt like I was yelling too much. Just it was, uh, I didn't like my performance in this. Really? Um, you mean right off the bat? Yeah. No, I felt that. I felt it was. I I felt the tone was right because this is something that you're completely against. So you couldn't have just been like, absolutely not. You know, you couldn't have been that lack of days ago. Hey, I'm Tom Paris. Hi, yes, man. I couldn't have been the Chicote. Be like, Chicote would have. You couldn't be. Yeah, you, <laughs> Chicote would have flirted his way through the scene, but no, Tom Paris needs to be yelly in this one. So I mm. thought you were right. Mm. You were too yeah. critical, dude. Do you agree, Roxanne? I think I think the I tone was right. Agree. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, if you think about it, it's like your your wife is going off the deep end. Like, what is she? I mean, it's in, it's yeah. like, what are you doing? It's it's so insane. I mean, and that's way yeah. that yeah. was. You, which I think you express really well. Most I think the conflict was justified. Absolutely, I just feel like it was uh, more about levels for me. I think they okay. I think okay. I could have found some other levels in the, some more nuance. Is what you're saying, think, right? Yeah, okay. maybe that's what I'm. I was yeah. missing is a little more nuance. Okay, but uh, anyway, they argue. Balana's still talking about the child's health, and he calls her out on it. He says, you don't want her to be Klingon. That's what this is all about. Um, Torres brings out that line, I was treated like a monster, which mm -hmm. is, you know, it's heartbreaking to hear mm -hmm. Torres have to admit that, but that's how she felt, most definitely. And and Tom says, you know, she won't be treated like a monster. Everyone on this ship is going to accept her just how she is. Yeah. Can I ask you, Roxanne, because like for me, a lot of this episode resonated because being Asian- in America and being looked at as an outsider. Did you also, when you were working on this, acting in this, did you draw upon any of anything's racial, anything racial from your past being um, Puerto Rican? Did you have any, you know, uh, issues with that? I did only because I was in a profession that didn't really have very many Latin people in it as role models, you know, yes. at the time. You know, and uh, that was very discouraging. I didn't really have any role models that looked like me, even though I wasn't at the time looking for role models that looked like me. I was just kind of always amazed when people would say, yeah, you can't do this because you don't look like everybody else. And it was right. like, that was mm. and upsetting. Right. So there yeah. were definitely things I was personally pulling from as being kind of um, caught in two worlds, you know, yeah. as being an actor, like I, I just wasn't really good at a thick accent and playing a drug dealer or a, yeah. or a maid. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, no, and yeah. they, were, they weren't hiring Latin doctors yet. Like this yeah. was, that's why Taurus was such an interesting character because yeah. they really weren't doing that. You know? At all. Definitely. I know. I mean, that's that's yeah. the most advanced degree character for a Latina 
Uh, it was Torres mm -hmm. at the time. Right. Am I right? I mean, you right. weren't Absolutely. cleaning somebody's house. You weren't, you know, you weren't doing all the stereotypical roles. It was an amazing role. Uh, wasn't a gang member. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess I would like to just dig a little bit deeper. Like when you were a kid growing up at grade school, did you get picked on for being? not Caucasian. That's my question. I didn't, but it could be, I just wasn't aware of it. I grew up in Los Angeles and mm -hmm. it was before there was an influx of a Mexican population there. Okay. And I, I think nobody had their past. Like I would, there were a lot of Jewish people that went to my school. There were, you know, Italian. Where did you go to school? Where did you go to school? Beverly Hills High School. Oh, you went to Beverly. Oh, okay. Uh, and at the time, I just thought I come from, my background is this exotic island, you know, called Puerto mm. I, I was... It just never, never, I don't know. It just, I just didn't cross my mind. Wow. You know, it's just kind of like, I, I don't know. Everybody was different. Maybe I just wasn't sensitive to it or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you never just didn't hear it. You never, it. yeah. Well, good for you. I mean, that means you, you were, you felt adjusted that you were part of the, part of the group then. You didn't well, feel like an outsider really. I only Beverly. began to feel like an outsider later on when I got yeah, into my when career. When you got into I'm your career. Like, Wait but a minute. Wait, how, you look right. different. <laughs> right. But wow. but Beverly had so many different races already going to Beverly Hills High, right? So it, it wasn't was a big deal. Like, like, that's exotic. You're from that island that I've never been to. You know, it's like, but it was pretty cool. You know, I'm Puerto Rican. Isn't that like cool? Like from West Side Story. Isn't that cool? You know, <laughs> Do you guys... You guys never flew back to Puerto Rico when you were a kid to visit relatives and any of that stuff? Oh, my great-grandparents had come over and became Neo-Ricans, you know, and then they had my grandparents and my parents, and then and I was born in L.A., and actually, I did go back there once when I was too little to remember. The first time I went back there was when I was doing a course line on the road, and we performed in Puerto Rico. Oh, and, wow. and I had relatives coming out of the woodwork that were all claiming to, like, know me, and they all showed up to the theater you know, wow. and so so the Caballero yeah. clan was coming in, in full. Is that what was happening? Yeah, I was oh in the Flores and the Flores side of the family. Actually, they were there. Yeah. They were the ones that were really there. But and just really side note, it's so funny because in one of the songs I sing in chorus line called Nothing, there's one where she goes, there are no bobsleds in San Juan, where she's, you know, being asked to act like yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And on oh. the day we're doing the sound check. I'm out there and I'm I'm running through and I go, there are no bobs. And then all of a sudden they lower this bobsled over my head and everybody oh. starts laughing. And I'm looking, I don't even know what it is. And it's just, they put the bobsled when we were in San Juan. It was like- it's just, it, wow. They lowered it over your head. That is so funny. Oh That's my God. Funny. I love that. Oh my God. Really funny. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for going down the rabbit hole. That's something sure, I've always wanted to ask you. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, where are we, Robbie? They have a fight. Obviously, yeah. Tom and Balan are having- bumpy conflict here they go to the captain's oh, yeah. ready room Janeway's like I'm not sure what exactly what you want me to do here uh is 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 she the couples therapist now um she clearly is. Tom and Balana need some couples therapy yeah Balana's saying she wants uh the captain to order the doctor to genetically alter this baby and Tom yeah. says no he disagrees Janeway says this is ethically questionable. Torres's argument is that you did this for seven of nine. Yes. You removed all of her implants. And then that's when, you know, the the the, re the reverse argument is, well, no, we just made her look like she did before originally, which is human. Yeah. So that was yeah. the argument. But Torres doesn't see it that way. That's like, no, you changed oh, really seven. Valid, really yeah. valid discussions. I just yeah. thought they weren't afraid of really going down every avenue here, which was. No, really, yeah, really agreed. Yeah. Tom brings up mood swings, which again, uh, listeners, I would I would recommend 
do not don't bring up your partner's mood swings on on anything we're in the quarter next bolana is walking ahead walking away from tom tom yeah, runs I, up. I love how in the beginning you guys are together and then as arguments come Torres is further ahead and further ahead in the corridor tom does suggest uh again i wish i wasn't yelling i was yelling at you in this i don't know why in the corridor see yeah yeah uh okay he's like he wants to have a civilized discussion but he's yelling so it makes no yeah. sense yeah but anyway he suge tom suggests let's go to the holodeck maybe a change of scenery mm -hmm. she's like the holodeck is your solution for everything you know which i thought was a great comment on their characters let's see uh, balana says yeah she says i'm just tired of talking about this she walks off mm -hmm. we go to harry's quarters and the sweet sweet sounds of oh my gosh i get to play. i did not remember i thought i only played the clarinet I know that I asked them to give me a saxophone because at the time President Clinton was playing a saxophone and that was much cooler than a clarinet. Yeah. And and here we have Kim playing yes. the saxophone, which and I love. Well. Thank you. Very I, well. I, it looked good, didn't it? And yes. just the way really good. and the way that, huh. that the shot, the, the formation of that shot, when you look at what Peter Lortzen did, it it worked well. I was very it happy really with well. It. I believe yeah. that you were playing. It was yes. really good. Thank you. Really good. Thank you. But Tom is there there because evidently he not only did he not get the couch he had to leave quarters entirely with yeah. these he was uh he's yeah. gonna sleep at harry's uh yeah. ask if he needs a reservation <laughs> to sleep over yeah. uh, harry, harry lets him in my couch is your couch and they start yeah. putting sheets on the couch yeah and i was like in the future do we have to fold the sheets the same way like it's a doing this Making a bed, doing the sheets is a lot of work. Haven't we figured out an easier way in the future? Yeah, than... There has to be an advanced, you know, technolo know. technologically advanced sheets. Something. Where you don't have to fold them and you don't have to do things. Tuck them in. And I don't know. Yeah. I just, it's a sidebar, but I was like. Yeah. It was like very that. retro, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, it was retro for sure. Um, yeah. But again, I like the dialogue in here. I like uh, I did, what James I love wrote. Your... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You guys' relationship there. Is good. Yeah, it was very nice. I throw the pillow at you. Like I said, my couch is your couch. It ends mm -hmm. on that line, which is very good. Mm -hmm. All right. Back to the flashback, right? We have another flashback back at yep. the campsite. Young Balana has run away. They can't find her. This is what yes. this is. Yeah. They're worried that she's not back. She shows up, uh, says they got separated. Her cousin, her female cousin does feel bad. She's yeah. trying to own up to the fact that this is pretty much their fault, right? The cousin's fault. We're mm -hmm. losing their cousin. And we um, find Bolana by herself. Her dad comes up to talk. I love the business. She had a leaf in her hand or something. And oh, she, just, she was pulling this leaf. And you know how nice, you know, you, we've all yeah. done that probably like just torn up a leaf. Mm -hmm. It was a, it was a subtle little piece of business, but I thought it was great to show the, the, the anxiety that she was feeling. It was a good mm. bit of business that I liked a lot uh, yeah. for this little girl. Again, this whole scene, uh, really, really resonated with me because when Balana says, I wish I weren't Klingon, this is an exact conversation I have with my mother when I came home from school after being bullied. I said, I wish I wasn't Chinese. I said wow. that to my mom. I said, I wish I was never born to you. And that was, you know, now I get choked up that I would ever say something so horrible to my mother, but that's how bad the bullying was. So I was basically Balana Torres, young Balana Torres in real life because that was yeah. You had a lot of bullying in Memphis, oh my gosh. in particular. But to tell my parents, like, I wish I was, I wish I wasn't Chinese. Is that's hardcore. Yeah. That's exactly what 
Balana's dealing with here. Yeah. She wishes she wasn't who she is, her chemical, her racial makeup. She can't stand it because of all the hardships she went through. And it's interesting, Roxanne, that living in Los Angeles, that you didn't really have a lot of that stuff, people making fun of you being Latina or anything like that. I said I didn't um, have the bullying, but the feeling yeah. that I was going to different worlds and that perhaps the profession that I'd chosen, the thing that I wanted to do, wouldn't be available to me because of that. Right. And that's in my early 20s. That's what I went through. Yeah, you, know? you went through it as a career. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. yeah. And just kind of, you know, wishing I could be blonde and blue eyed. And I feel like I could just I could do that job if you would, you know, yeah. change. Yeah. Look. <laughs> yeah. Back then in your early 20s, you know, you you had talent, you know, that you had prepared. And we God knows we know you know how to prepare. We know that. OK, <laughs> so then you learn all out of the blue that casting or producers are like, no, 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 you can't play that role. You don't look the right way. And now you're like, what? I've never heard of this before at Beverly. So uh, it must have been a shock mm. to the system for you to hear that. It was, it was and, also very naive, I think, on my part. For some yeah. reason, I, I was just either sheltered or blind. I think yeah. I've always been a bit blind as to uh, a lot of, I, I don't know, just yeah. in the, so, yeah. and that's helped me sometimes, but not all the time. You know? Right. But what I also didn't realize, you're like fifth generation or something. You said you're great great grand is that right yeah my great grandparents your great grandparents over. yeah so uh, by that time did, did your parents even speak spanish at that point then yeah they spoke spanish they didn't speak it around me though because they didn't want me okay. to be influenced by that right okay many of my dad would pass sometimes as italian in his profession as a criminal defense attorney and mm. people would assume he was italian and he wouldn't correct them wow i lot and i you know, and I started to realize this, and especially as the ethnic makeup changed in Los Angeles, and then mm -hmm. people kept thinking that I was Mexican. I was going, no, I'm, I'm not. There's anything wrong with that, but that's not what I am. And because you're Latina doesn't mean that you're the same, that everybody's the same. You know, it's like, yeah. then you just go, wow, it's a lot of wanting to put you in boxes, yes. you know? fascinating thing. Yes, I think a lot of yeah. people connected with Belana in this episode because of exactly what you're talking about here. I was going to say in this scene, I identified in a way with the father when he's, he comes over to talk to her. She's pulling that leaf apart and he, yeah. he shares a story. He says, oh, well, he tries to relate to his daughter. He says, mm -hmm. when I was a kid, mm -hmm. uh, I used to fall asleep in class and they mm -hmm. called me John Snores instead of John Torres. Right. And she goes, it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, yeah, kids just tease each other. That's normal. He says, you just try to be less sensitive. Yeah. And I guess what I'm saying is, as your father, the white guy here, the human, he was trying to say, oh, I get it. And I don't think he does get it. I, no. I was I was like, how could you say that? Just be less sensitive. Yeah. You know, why Why wouldn't you say be proud of who, who you are? I, I thought that was bad fathering. It was okay. very, very insensitive to her experience because mm -hmm. he was trying to say, oh, it's, you know, I was teased too, so don't worry about it. No, you mm -hmm. weren't teased. He wasn't teased for being uh, racially different or, or, you know, species different. She was being mm -hmm. teased. She she was having experience of being teased as a Klingon. And for him to say, oh, I get how you feel is very presumptuous. And I, I feel that in life sometimes, like, I can't tell a woman, oh, I get how you feel as a woman, your experience in the world. I can't presume that I know that. That's mm -hmm. your experience. Like you tell me what you've experienced. I, I shouldn't be correcting you or diminishing you. So this was a moment I related to the father in a way, being in that position of like, in my life, I have tried to 
say, oh, I experienced what you experienced, but I'm learning in life now. I don't, I haven't experienced, Garrett, what you've experienced. Correct. Correct. One one thing before, just remember that I also have a Chinese daughter. And so, Mm. yes. and that whole experience, which would be a whole other podcast, I think, but just yeah. with me being Puerto Rican, my husband, being, you know, German, Irish, my daughter being a, a mix there and yeah. my other daughter being Chinese. Chinese, yeah. So very interesting going through life and and trying oh. to understand how she feels because people are always give that second look when she comes up to me, like, yeah. is that your mother is, you know, it's like, how does that work? It's part of the whole thing, you know? Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up, though. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. So... Uh, we end that scene with dad talking to young Balana, but she doesn't want to join everybody for dinner. She wants to go off and read. So, right. But there is a time jump, right? Because it's the same scene where yeah. the father and the uncle are having this private conversation and, and little Balana is listening in. And yeah. that's the, that's the end of the scene. We go back to uh, Tom and Balana's quarters. Balana's sitting up in bed. This is where, I, I felt like we should have had the point of view from Balana because we go back into a flashback and we're with the dads and then Balana overhears them talking about uh, her mother's intensity, mm-hmm. talking about how his parents were were right. Maybe he shouldn't have married Balana's mother. Yeah, and that final line from Balana's father in that scene when he says, uh, but she never thought I had the constitution to live with a Klingon, talking mm-hmm. about their their own mother, like John's, so Balana's grandmother. Um, and now I'm living with two of them. Just that, just, oh, you could just, you know that that, that was such a biting comment for yeah. young Balana to hear. And like, it's sort of like, ugh. it's almost like her, her father was saying, I'm living with the two monsters. And I think that's what the young Balana heard now. We also hear Balana's mother's name, Merle, and yeah. So this is landing on her, this, this sort of uh, her father's, her parents' marriage and what's going on there. Oh, was yeah. Barge of the Dead after this? It was before that, this. Before. Well, then we did meet Merle because- we, Did we yeah, hear we did. her name? Did we? Yes, did we, we heard her yeah. name already Okay, there. so yes. we heard- okay. and, and whoever I forget who the actress was who played my mom, but um, that yeah. was- yeah, but we didn't meet her at that yes. point. Yes, okay. Barge of the Dead, you had a lot of scenes with her, too. Yeah. yeah. Played your mother, yes. But I are you, are you 1,000% sure, both of you, that we never see your father before this? I don't yeah. think so. I thought we did. I'm pretty sure. In Faces, when with Durst taking his face off and all that stuff going on there, when no, you were all so. 100% Klingon, we didn't see any flashback with her father. No. Okay. No, I agree. I don't think I so. I stand corrected then. Sorry. Let's keep um, all right. So we finished that flashback. We come back to engineering. Bolana's deep in thought when Chakotay comes up and um, offers up his suggestion for a name, Taya, the feminine form. Is it of- Taya or Taya? What, what, how do you oh, say Oh, I thought it? he said Taya. The, oh, Taya. The fem- oh, that's right. Chakotay. Okay, Taya. Yes. Feminine form of Chakotay. Yes. This is where I wrote inappropriately flirty. Uh, <laughs> here's Chakotay. Suave Chakotay. Uh, anyway, Bolana says, I'll add it to the list right after Floxia, Neelix's name suggestion. It's number 32. She's got 32 name suggestions. And we go to out to the quarter and Chakotay and Bolana are heading off to grab some coffee and Tom shows up. There's an awkward beat with the three of them. Chakotay <laughs> totally says- Totally awkward. Yeah. Chakotay's like, I think I forgot my pad. I'm going <laughs> to- Head back. I'll see I'm you later. Exit this situation. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we we do learn that Harry has the lumpiest pillows on the hey, ship. Hey, hey, that's not nice. Lumpy what? pillows. The heck? 
and that uh, that Harry snores. We learn, I, and what? he sleeps with the heat way up. It was okay. way too hot. All right, I'm gonna say we learn a lot I'll about agree Harry. On lump, the, I know I'll agree on lumpy pillows and snoring, but I'm not gonna agree on turning the heat way up. I'm I can't gonna, imagine in life you would do that. You no, probably like I, a very cold, I like room. an ice cold. Yes, I would guess. You. Do you remember every time, Robbie, we walk in the makeup trailer, if Roxanne was there before us, it would be 172 Hot. degrees in there? Yes. Yeah. And then if Roxanne wasn't there before us, it would be perfect. It was nice and cool. <laughs> but I always knew when you were there before me, Roxanne, I'd open up that door and just be hit with the Amazon tropic heat. And I would like, oh, God damn it. Rock I know Roxanne did this every time. I would be fighting the women to turn down that thermostat. Roxanne will walk back, turn it right back up. And I'd turn it right back down. It was like pretty much, yeah, that's all. That's that's okay. funny. I Moving forgot on. about that. Tom and Bellana do reconcile a bit here. And then the doctor calls, report to sickbay, go to the doctor's office. He's changed his whole opinion. He says he thinks Bellana's right, that they should do these recommended changes. And yeah. Tom is very confused in this scene. And the doctor says, this is uh, critical that we do this right away. Yeah. And he scheduled the procedure for the following morning. And Tora's playing innocent. Oh, Okay. Well, I guess we should do what the doctor says. And Tom doesn't like it. We go to the astrometrics lab, Seven and each other working. Tom comes in. He says, uh, thanks for helping Balana. And by the way, there may be some problems with the baby. Could you take a look? Ask Icheb to take a look at the doctor's findings since uh, Icheb has such expertise in genetics. And I was like, <laughs> what? What? Since when? Since when is Icheb our geneticist? What? Anyway. what? Yeah. What is he your second opinion? I yeah. don't know. You know what? Icheb is so focused on work that he doesn't even have time to change his clothes. So I'm going to agree with that. You know, he has the same outfit. So there you yeah. go. He's an anyway, expert on genetics. Icheb looks at the pad for like three seconds and says, <laughs> oh, yes, you're correct. There's a computational error. So clearly he is really smart. <laughs> Tom says maybe it's a, a glitch or something. Seven runs a diagnostic. She says, nope, not a glitch. No program has been tampered with. Uh, Tom tries to contact Balana. She's not responding. <laughs> oh, Balana, what have you done? Yes. Gosh. He asked for her a computer for her location. Balana's in sick bay. Bum bum bum. We go into sick bay, and she's in the bed. The doctor said uh, that she, he's very relieved that she decided not to wait even until tomorrow. She wants to mm. do this procedure right now. I felt like the doctor was, Bob was playing sort of creepy doctor, like possessed doctor. <laughs> but he still did a good job, though, it I thought. It was great, he, though. I loved it. And when they said, you really need to turn your program off, he goes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. He's just too agreeable to everything, isn't yeah. he? A little creepy. Absolutely. Yeah. So they're starting the procedure. We go back to the astrometrics lab. Seven says someone's blocked communication. We can't even contact the doctor paris asked if you can deactivate the doctor mm -hmm. no access to his program has been restricted mm -hmm. dun, dun, dun. tom um, says tuvok yeah meet me at tuvok. sick bay mm -hmm. come on outside sick bay tuvok and paris arrive the door won't open it won't take tuvok's code so what does tuvok do he grabs a little plunger sticks it on the door and with and his super strength that's all it takes that he just plunger. slides it open yeah. that is a reinforced titanium plated door door and tuvok boom he's vulcan he has power strong very impressed he had the uh, power yeah we run inside uh, tom says stop this procedure but there's a force field that we can't get close 
He tells the doctor his program was altered. Bolana says, ignore him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ignore him. Roxanne, I'm going to say so that's some of the best acting from a bio bed that I've ever seen. <laughs> Roxanne, you knocked it out of the park from the bio bed. It's very hard to act in a bio bed. And so good job that you. Good job. Good She's job. trying to get this done ASAP. She, I didn't have my feet up in stirrups. That you would didn't have been. Have, yes, that would have been too much. <laughs> TMI, TMI. No. Um, Tuvok calls the bridge, tells Harry to deactivate the force field by cutting power to the EPS relays. We go on the bridge. There's Harry, but he can't do it because... No, no. He says access has been restricted, but I will have to bypass them. Exactly. So he's not that he can't do it. He just has to do a couple... He has of, to bypass... He's got to push Palau button for it to work. <laughs> yes. Palau. 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 That's it. Palau, Palau. Three Palau, times. Palau. In three the... times. Exactly. And then boom, he's bypassed yes. it. That's all it takes. We go back to sick bay. The power gets shut off. Tom goes over to deactivate whatever the doctor's doing on that bio bed. Yeah. And uh, he says to Tuvok, give us a minute. Tuvok steps out. Tom is heated. Really hot here. Oh, my gosh. He can't believe that she did this. And Bolana says she upgraded the doctor's program so that he could understand what needs to be done. Yeah, She's really rationalizing this. And this is a great scene. This is a great. I, I thought, Roxanne, I was very proud of us. I was really proud of us too. I I really was, you know, uh, to look back on it and go, man, that stands up. It does. It really did. Really did. I've had that experience in this podcast, watching all these, we're now in season seven, recapping Mm -hmm. these episodes. And a lot of these I had not even seen once. I didn't watch our show regularly when it was on the air. I'd catch Mm -hmm. it now and then, but often we were working or kids yeah, there were episodes i never caught i had the same thing i mean i did later on i think but mm-hmm. there probably are a couple that i haven't seen yeah, yeah and i when i see these there's a lot of work like this scene that you and i did but all of our fellow castmates had mm-hmm. moments that just really hold up that are really well yeah. done. this is one of them yeah amazing cast you really start to break us all down you know it's pretty yeah. amazing yeah yeah Great okay. scene. Tom is 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 yelling and hitting consoles now and then, but Bolana is really expressing what's going on. Bolana talks about how she was inseparable with her father. He spoiled her. She completely worshipped him. But the older that she got, they just grew further and further apart. And this camping trip was, you know, supposed to be something that would make things better. But instead, no, it was an awful, awful trip. And she just awful ended up trip. trying to run away. Yeah. Really yeah, bad. we have another flashback. Bolana packing her bag, ready to run away. We uh, see Bolana say that, you know, it was stupid. Where was I going to go? And Tom's getting what where all this is coming from, you know, that he just wanted to. That you probably, probably just, just wanted want, to stop you. Yeah. You just want to stop, you know, uh, your dad. We go back into another flashback. There are a lot of flashbacks. A lot. Yeah, there's a lot of flashbacks. Of that's why I thought that actress did such a great job because it wasn't just one under five that she had. She was throughout yeah, this whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. In the flashback, though, dad does uh, reveal to young Bolana that he and, and her mother are having some problems. And she says, you don't even love mom. Uh, you don't love her anymore. And she says, you, you know, you're just like everybody else. You don't like Klingons. So we we see that, you know, She's blaming her parents' separation or you know marital problems on on well, yeah. But also in this also in this scene, she does say, "I heard what you said." 
to Uncle yeah, Carl. Exactly. This is the whole, you know, this is the, this is where the where where it drops. Yeah, and it comes out, and the the big confrontation happens. Mm-hmm. And Tom tries to say, we go back to sick bay. Tom says, "Well, maybe you misunder, you know, maybe your father was right. He said you misunderstood what you heard." And Bolana says, "No, I heard what I heard. I was so angry." And, and Paris does agree with her. Well, you had a right to be after the things he said. So now this is being good, Paris, like Paris, who's who's empathetic. We have that final flash, another flashback where yeah. young Bolana says exclaims if you can't stand living with us then why don't you just leave and then we flash back to sick bay and we see modern day adult torres saying and that's exactly what he did so the father left yeah. so here are the abandonment issues and mm-hmm. here is the issues of losing her father because of the fact that she's playing on mm-hmm. well at least that's what she chalks it up to and we come back to sick bay and tom and you know now tom i think feels like he can see what's going on he reassures her, I'm never going to leave you. Bolana says, uh, well, uh, if you think it's hard living with one Klingon, pretty soon it's going to be two. Tom says, I hope it's three or four. I wrote down her 50 or 60. Why not? All yeah. of them. He but just that's wants... very supportive of you. Tom, but he was being supportive. Do that. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. 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 I mean, what he's saying is I don't care how many Klingons are in this in this family. I'm down with it. So, uh, But Torres is yeah. not hearing this. Yeah, and he also, he turns her around. Beautiful moment. Roxanne, you were crying, tears. It was very beautiful. And I like when Tom says, Bolana, I am not your father and you are not your mother. Yeah. And our daughter's going to be perfect just the way she is. It's a great lesson for all of us. All of us. Is this are... the tear scene? This is the crying scene? Yeah, here? this is the this okay. is the end of it, that sequence. Mm-hmm. But it was that, that was a great reminder to me that like, we are not our parents they're part of us, but we're not them. And these childhood wounds and these things that we all experience, everybody's got their childhood wounding, mm-hmm. but we don't have to just keep perpetuating it. Yeah. That we don't have to be to reenact it over and over in our relationships and hang on to it that we can create our own life and our own experience. And um, is yeah, it was a great way to kind of wrap up that yeah. story and to me in a weird way it went from the medical ethics story and the racial stories and everything it went back to that universal experience of childhood wounds and processing those in a healthy way so that we can grow and be something better and something different mm. that that's the that's the scene that did it for me yeah it's great we have a space shot medical officers log start eight five four four five two point six lieutenant torres has deleted these alterations this is a doctor's law, medical officer's log. He says it's a relief to be back to my old self again. And our final scene is in sick bay. Bolana walks in to talk to the doctor. Great scene. She apologizes. I like his line, not guilty by reason of biochemistry. I <laughs> <laughs> so, like mood swings. Like, you're not guilty. I get it. You got some big feelings. She says, it's not an excuse. I knew what I was doing. And she feels the baby kick for the first time, which is beautiful. Yeah, that's a great moment. That's really a great. great moment. Yeah. And then she asked the doctor if he wants to feel the baby kick. And it's a beautiful moment. She asks him then, would he be the godfather? And uh, she says, Neelix wants the job, but he's already got Naomi Wildman. And Chakotay knows less about raising kids than Harry. 
<laughs> which I thought was funny. What is, what is all these cracks on Harry in this episode? What did Harry do to deserve this? Well, Chakotay knows knows I, less than you, so. Okay, so Chakotay's in worse position. Yeah, he's in than, worse okay. shape than you. Fine, I'll, I'll take um, that. That's a win. Yeah, for me. We bring up the the hollow projection one last time, and uh, Bolana says she is cute, isn't she? And there you go. End of episode. Yeah. What is your lesson? My lesson, I think I kind of said in that big scene with Bolana and Tom, that childhood trauma deeply affects us all, and how we respond to it is up to us. That's the lesson I took from this. I think it was about, you know, so many things, but ultimately how we have the power to take our lives. This is what you said, you know, it's just that um, we have more control than we think we do. We aren't subject to the way we look or the the, the way other people see us is that we can actually mm. step into a world of where we, we are not letting our, our parents and our past define who we are, that we can create our future. Mm. And I think that's probably the most important thing, but I think that even taking that to the next step saying, you know, that a future with this kind of knowledge to be able to make these kinds of changes. Um, I just felt there was a big warning sign, a big red kind of flash warning sign as to just because you can medically do these things, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, doesn't mean that you that you should. That you should. What are we <laughs> saying about that? What are we that's putting our own fears onto our children if we want to change them because we're afraid that they may go through what we went through, you know, and that's just yeah. a horrible, horrible start. I'm gonna right? say the lesson is. The traits or the things that make us unique are the things that make us beautiful. So uniqueness, our uniqueness is our beauty, is what I'm going to say. That's great. I really like that. Yeah. Can it change mine now? (laughs) (laughs) You you may change it if you'd like, (laughs) but I think you had a good one too. But if you want to add to it, you can. I was rambling. That was very succinct. Very nice. Okay, good. All right. I kind of said what you said in a small (laughs) All right. (laughs) We we also Roxanne we rate our episodes on a scale of one to ten. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm going to give my rating first, and then we also have um, a rating average from our Patreon uh, captains patrons, and admirals. Yeah, yeah our mm-hmm. patrons. So we'll see how our ratings line up with their right. average. And rating. we have not looked at that admiral admiral and captain's average rating nope. yet. That's something nope. that uh, it's in an envelope. So here we go, Robbie. What is your rating for this episode, lineage? I am giving this episode, I really like this episode. And by the way, Roxanne, normally my criteria for a high rating is that it involves the whole crew, our whole crew, that everybody is involved in the story in a good way. And this one actually doesn't do that as well as most episodes, but I still give this a high rating because of the subject matter and the execution by everybody. I give it an 8.5. It's my rating. Wow. Yes, I do. I stand by it. Okay, I'm gonna go lower, but I'm still gonna stay in eight. So eight point one, eight point one. Oh, so I'm still a favor. I, I like this episode, but yeah. I'm not going as high as you, Roxanne. Okay. Would you have a give us a number? Probably not, because I'm not even comparing the two. <laughs> it's like I just watched it again today, and I'm not. I'm not ah. seeing all of them. So okay. you know, my, this was, if not my favorite, one of my favorite to do as an actress. You know, I mean, yeah. And, one that I'm and probably one of the ones that I'm I'm really proud of. So yeah, with the most character development by far of any episode that I've seen for Torres, right? I mean, 
really good. So good character all right. work. So all you're right. not gonna you're gonna you're gonna abstain. We'll on abstain. The okay. Yes. okay. Robbie, what's the average rating between? Okay, this week I'm pulling it up now. The average captain and admiral average rating mm. for lineage is eight point yeah. two. 8.2. Oh, so in between ours then? In between right? ours, still pretty high. I almost nailed it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we, we were in the same zone. Everybody's thinking right. the same thing. Gotcha. Great. Well, that's okay. our recap. Robbie and I are so, 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 so happy and excited to have you as our guest recapper. And we don't do this often, but we are so happy to have Roxanne here. So thank you so much. Once again, Roxanne, we are absolutely absolutely beside ourselves in having you join us today so thank you once again for all your thoughts and your comments and your laughter and your <laughs> uh, yeah. your opinions awesome and and but and garrett you still can't imitate me i'm still the only I one know. i know she, this is the <laughs> one thing roxanne is so Funny. proud of is that i do impersonations of everybody on voyager except for her because it's so difficult yeah. to do Roxanne's voice because she it doesn't, doesn't have she has like such a, a nice thing. yeah if she had a quirky weird ass voice I could imitate it but she has a nice really resident beautiful voice which yes. is very difficult to imitate because you have a normal voice if you had a you know when you hi if you talk like Papacardo it's easy to impersonate <laughs> Papacardo because he does this he goes up and down so I that's how you, oh, you God. Go. And if you have a, <laughs> any luck, get Tuvok. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, Tuvok, yeah, that's Chakotay. So I always have a, a key phrase to get into my accents. And there was one episode where Chakotay turns to Tuvok and says, any luck, get Tuvok. <laughs> so anytime I, I yes. oh my God, that's so so good. when I get to that, that gets me into my tuba, uh, my uh, Chakotay voice. So but yeah, that's... Roxanne does not have no, she like a have thing. A key it's phrase, very no. neutral. It's very, very, it's very Midwest newscaster. It's it's like the perfect accent, and it sucks because it I can't impersonate it. I don't like that. I want Roxanne to have a weird twang to her voice or a little right. quirkiness, but she doesn't have it. I'll work right. on that. All right, for you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into our recap and discussion of Lineage with our wonderful guest recapper, Roxanne Dawson. And of course, join us next week when we will be recapping and discussing the episode Repentance. Repentance. For all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. <laughs>